if you didn't tell them where the product is going, they would just think, okay, this is the product. It doesn't have anything. It's crap. I'm out. But if you tell them, here's what we have, here's how we started, and here's where we're going to go, like, oh, this sounds awesome. Mm -hmm. I'm in. Take my money. Do you know what I mean? And that's what we did. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Confessions of a B2B Marketer podcast. And today we have an awesome interview for you. We are interviewing Leo Bassam, who is the co-founder and creator of Plutio. Came out into the world through a lifetime deal just like we did with Bcast. And since then, Leo has been taking the business forward. So we're going to jump into that in a second before I have to obviously give a shout out to Ahrefs, Webmaster Tools, completely free. It's going to do three things for you. A, track backlinks. B, track keywords. And C, tell you what you need to do with your site. Completely free. Just Google or Ahrefs, Webmaster Tools. Sign up because it's completely free. I use Ahrefs pretty much every day to track the performance of our sites. And this is literally a no-brainer. So go and do that. Now, in other news... Both agency Fame and Bcast, a monthly recurring revenue are edging up slightly. Fame slightly faster than Bcast. I'll record another episode just focusing on what's been going on with those two over the past couple of months in the near future. But for now, let's jump into this interview with Leo. Leo, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. It's really great to have you here. We're actually not that far away from each other. Leo's in Waterloo in London and I'm in Hackney. But let me explain the background to this interview and a little bit to Leo, then I'll hand it over. We wrote an article about Plutio a few weeks back, specifically about how they launched on AppSumo and how they dealt with what the, the avalanche, I guess, of sales that you made. So what we're going to be focusing on this episode is like, you're going to dive deep into that, why we decided to do it, what happened afterwards and how you dealt with that. But before that, it would be great to get like a little bit of perspective about you, Leo, about what you're doing, and then we'll get into things. Sounds good. So over to you. Well, my name is Leo. I'm 26 and I started my first business when I was 15. I was in Dubai and my first paying client was Dubai International Airport, which really helped. Big one. (laughs) Yeah, it helped. It really helped. Well, it was through the Wix Arena. So I was one of the very first people to join the Wix Arena. It was a platform that Wix.com launched back in 2016. And it basically connected designers who used Wix with clients who are looking for designers who use Wix to build the websites on Wix. And that's how I acquired my first client. So a bit of luck. And yeah, but managed to get it, (laughs) which was awesome. Mm. And I tried to grow my design business when I was in college. And I, as much as I tried, I struggled because I didn't find it difficult to find clients, but I found it difficult to manage the load, the workload. So the more clients you have, the more admin work you have, And it just became very overwhelming, especially if you're solo, if you work by yourself. And so I tried to find a tool that allowed me to sort of, or helped me to manage the business or streamline the business and take some of the weight off my shoulders. I couldn't find anything that was designed for us freelancers, digital nomads, and, you know, solo entrepreneurs. All the tools were designed for teams and team collaboration, like Trello, Slack, Asana, everything. You see team everywhere. It's for teams. Nothing was for us. I then decided to build Plutio, which is an all-in-one business. uh, Which year did you then decide? Three years ago, just over three years ago. So I started to build Plutio. Obviously, I didn't have any development experience, only front-end, so CSS, HTML, and I was, I believe I'm a good designer, so I used that skills 
to try and build the prototypes or build the vision of how I envision Pluto to be. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that's where it started. So you didn't have, like, you have a design background from yeah. what you're doing before the previous business, but you yeah. didn't have the development skills. The so backend, yes. Yeah. Built up these, like, glorious wireframes. And then, yeah. did you then start <laughs> to learn the backend stuff, or did you find some? I tried, but it was extremely overwhelming. It was just too much for me to learn in a very short period of time. And I just couldn't get my head around it. It was just too much. Mm-hmm. So I had to find a way to do it, yeah. Cool. So you then found someone else, you either paid a freelancer to build or you brought on that. That's correct. Yeah. I did, um, I would say, wasted about seven, eight, eight months with the first company that I hired. So it was a CDO that I hired in London and they turned out not to be who they said they are. Mm-hmm. So they didn't deliver anything for seven months and they took all my money. So it'd been a, and I had to take, claim it back through the courts. So really- I had that. Yeah, it was a very roller coaster at the start of you know the start of the development process, but I managed to pick it up again and mm-hmm. it failed up again and it worked and then found, managed to find an actual good developer who's mm-hmm. really into it as much as I am. I'm pretty lucky. Yeah. Now is that developer a freelancer or are they like a co-founder or employee or freelancer? Yeah. Freelancer, cool. Okay, great. Okay. And so when was the at which day did you first have like people coming onto the product? Good question. <laughs> I think it's about two years ago. Yeah, about two years ago. Mm-hmm. I can't remember exactly the date, but one of the very first users who signed up is actually with us today as well. It's That's nice. Yeah, it's pretty amazing. Yeah, I actually met him last month in Houston. He drove nice. down when I was there and we met for the first time. How was it's that? amazing. Yeah, it was fantastic. Was it? Yeah, it was Emotional. really good. Yeah. <laughs> okay, and then when did AppSumo come onto the scene? 2017. So this was the same year you launched? Yeah, because we soft launched with them. Oh, interesting. So you didn't have any customers before AppSumo? We did not, no. We didn't, actually, no, we did not. Yeah. Oh, sorry. No, we did have customers just before the AppSumo, but just a few, not much. Mm-hmm. Because it was just, we just launched our payment system and billing system. So we just started charging for it. It was completely free before. And just before the AppSumo launch, we actually implemented our payment system. Yeah. Nice. And how did that come about? Did you go to them or did they find you? We did go to them. Okay, cool. And then you go through the whole process, you like work out the deal. And then yeah. you, because actually you can do it in quite a short period of time, right? Like from the discussion to actually going to do it was how long? A couple of months, two okay. months. Yeah. And what was the rationale behind reaching out to them to do it? I needed money, resources. To keep going because I had three jobs. My first design studio, which was the main source of income. I did Airbnb, one of my rooms. And I also worked part-time for a company um, called Paddle in London. So that also took the majority of my mm. time. So I was working around the clock and I actually mean it around the clock and stuff for a few months, about six, seven months to try and develop Plutio, afford the developer and keep the progress going. And so I needed cash to afford the developer, but also to keep my sanity and like get back to a more normal lifestyle mm. to back a bit and have a more, not relaxed, but not as, I don't want to kill myself, if that makes yeah. sense from work. And so, and I also needed to validate the idea. So AppSumo seemed a really great idea because one, they had a huge base of users that are always looking for new products to try. The majority are freelancers and people who started their own businesses. 
it really fitted all the criteria. So you launch with AppSumo, you push your product to as many people as possible and see what happens, see if they're actually interested in it. And we did it. And the results were actually more than what we expected because Bluetooth at the time barely worked. It didn't have anything apart from like a couple of task management systems. Like it didn't have the features we currently have. So it was very basic, but the vision behind it really helped us sell it to everybody. And it sort of became rather buying a tool. It became investing into a tool. Mm -hmm. So everyone on AppSumo, the right term to use is they've invested in the future of and the vision of Plutio. And that's how I sold it to them. And that's what made it a successful launch. I think that's such a great lesson for any like bootstrapped person. Like because when you're bootstrapping a software product, they are they're doing exactly that. And if you don't tell them they're doing it, they think your product's shit. <laughs> it's like, this is rubbish. Yeah, exactly. When you launch it, they expect to have the, you know, if you didn't tell them where the product is going, they will just think, okay, this is the product. It doesn't have anything. It's crap. I'm out. But if you tell them here's what we have, here's how we started, and here's where we're gonna go, like, oh, this sounds awesome. Mm-hmm. I'm in. Take my money. You know what I mean? And that's what we did. I just quickly want to rewrite to the decision point because me and my, I, we had a SaaS business in 2016, the Shopify application, and we had the opportunity to work with Sumo. I was like super pro. I wanted to do it. I was like, there was me and my co-founder who was like tech, more technical. He was no and I was yes. And in the end, we didn't do it. And then we shut it down. Maybe because we didn't have enough money, right? And so I'm like, so pro, like you learn so much, you're making the money you need, like essentially a feed round, giving away no equity. The downside though, and we'll talk about it in a second actually, before we get onto it, the actual results, my article, I tried to use some, I I pieced together pieces of information and got to a figure of about 5,000 units sold. Is that about right? Yes. That's pretty amazing, isn't it? Yes. It was great. Yeah. (laughs) There's 5,000 times, could be the number you said online is around $250,000, right? So 5,000 times like 70, I forgot my math right. $45. Yeah. That's amazing. So that came over like a period of a few days. Yeah. Cool. That must have been a pretty good feeling. <laughs> it was really good. Yes. It was amazing. It just overwhelming at the same time because I did not expect it to be this big, but it was a feeling of satisfaction and like you've achieved something. After so much hard work, you sort of finally found people who appreciated what you've done. And it wasn't a couple of people. It was thousands of people from all around the world actually appreciated your hard work and what you've achieved so far. And that felt, I can't describe it. It just felt amazing. Yeah, it was amazing. However, you had a handful of customers, or user, yeah. yeah, a handful of customers, right? You now have, in two days later, you have 5,000. Yeah. <laughs> what yeah. happened it next? Support. <laughs> it was extremely painful <laughs> few weeks uh, trying to reply to everybody. But the community... So were, you doing, sorry, to, were you and the developer doing that? No, only me. No, I couldn't get the developer involved. Otherwise, it, became, it would have been a disaster. Yeah, he had to focus on what he's good at. And I couldn't push him to do anything that he's not good at or want to do. He hates customer service. So he likes to be back in a cave working on <laughs> developing Plutio, not talking to anybody. <laughs> yeah. And so at that point, did you then leave the part-time job and stop working on the design business? Because you were like, I have yeah. to do support 23 hours a day. Yeah. All the three jobs gone. One job is my and Plutus my full time. Which um, texting software were you using to do the support? I was using actually. I started with Intercom. Became expensive. I moved yeah. to a different one, and I tried a third one, and then I settled with Crisp.chat. 
However, now we've built our own. So, oh, very nice. I mean, our goal is to run Plutia completely by Plutia, and I mean completely. Nice. And that when we that's when we know that we've developed the full suite of products. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Okay, so you have these five thousand people on the platform. There's obviously now like a base support cost. I don't know that could. Well, you, you can tell me the ticket volume, right? But potentially enough to have a full-time customer support agent or multiple. Actually, no. No. no, not at all, not at all. Because you see, it was very difficult initially, but that's because Plutio was not optimized in terms of onboarding. Things were not quite clear. And so what I did is obviously I helped people to figure out where things are and answer their questions, help them resolve issues or find where things are. But I also took note of all their feedback and all the struggles that they've gone through. And over the past couple of years, I tried and make Plutio as simple and as easy as possible to reduce the learning curve and make you sort of figure it out without even having to go to a help center or need a video to learn it. And it took a while, but it really, we managed to get it to that level. We're not there yet. Like, it's not like 100%. You, also, you, you get a couple of users from time to time who don't know where things are, but improved significantly since we've launched. And so the support messages has dropped as well. Mm-hmm. So now it's just basically, we used to get like 200 a day, 200 to 300 a day. Now it's about 10, 20 a day. And they're mainly just bugs and little bit, you know, little issues or people can't mm-hmm. set things up. It's no more about where can I find this or where is that? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah. once we resolve these bugs and get it into a more reliable state, I'm hoping we won't need support at all, really. Yeah. Fantastic. And the point we made in the article and the thing that I found quite clever is the community that you built specifically on Facebook, where I, I mean, it's not going to eradicate support, but do you think that's had an impact on reducing the amount of time you have to spend? Significant impact, yeah. So, and I, but there's also other benefits, or actually the question is, do you think there are other benefits to having that community there apart from just reducing support costs? Like, have you experienced any of that? Absolutely. It's a great way of keeping in touch with your customers, a great way of showing them that you're actually on top of things. You're there, you're human, you're not a machine. Because if you think about it, when you talk, like if you pull up your phone and ring version or BT or whatever big organization, you wouldn't treat them the same way you would with someone or with a company that has a face behind it or a team that you sort of know, if that makes sense. So, and that's what we're trying to do with the community. We're trying to get them as involved as possible into how Plutio works and sorry, into the shape, into the future of Plutio. So they have a vote in where Plutio is going. And having them as involved as they currently are helps reduce churn and helps keep satisfaction, you know, at a higher level. So it's not only a channel of support, it can help with retention as well. And most importantly, referrals. If they're happy and if they love what you're doing, and if you build that personal connection with them, they will talk to you and they will basically spread the world. Mm-hmm. Could you actually call them these people something, right? They have a name. Plutiopians. <laughs> <laughs> Plutiopians. Could you not have gone for Plutonians? Or would that stand for someone from the planet Pluto? Yeah, that's a bit more alien um, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, to be um, honest, they, so I just gone with it. They mm-hmm. start calling themselves Plutiopians. I was like, okay, Plutiopians it is. <laughs> oh, so that actually originated from the community. That's the best way. Because sometimes you try and give them a name and no one takes it off. Now, if I was to try and push you on a a number of the amount of hours that you have saved from having the community, or even a dollar number of 
reduced churn or referrals? And that's a very hard question to ask. So you don't have to give one if you don't think it's possible. But what kind of impact in terms of time saved and increased revenue slash reduced churn do you think it's had? So I have no data whatsoever mm. to calculate the amount of support, sorry, the amount of time. But if we look at, I'm just trying to think how we could calculate that from how much support we used to have and how much support we have now. But the thing is, there are other elements that affected that reduction in support. For example, mm. um, optimizing Pluto to be a more user-friendly and a better onboarding flow. So I can't really tell for sure, to be honest. Mm-hmm. So there's definitely benefits there. It's quite hard to make them like measurable, but the cost of actually doing it was pretty low, right? You create a Facebook group and probably invited a few people and then they start calling themselves. Zero. So zero, zero. Yeah, so. zero dollars, yeah. Didn't spend a penny on it. Fantastic. My final question about this is, you're happy to allow someone to buy a lifetime access for like $45 because A, you needed the cash. B, it's great for feedback. It's great for word of mouth. But the other thing that would be super awesome is if they were using that product. Like when I go and use Plutio, I bought a lifetime deal. I start using it in a year's time. Do anything that I do in my workflow, spread the word about Plutio like natively to the experience. Like if I invite a freelancer to come and work with me in my like project area, I assume they get exposed to Plutio, right? Not necessarily because we have white label. So you can white label it. Yeah, we can completely white label it, which will allow you to hide Plutio from anywhere. So did the people that bought the lifetime deal, they bought a white label solution or they had the option to? They had the option to subscribe to a white label solution, not buy a white label solution. So were they buying the white label solution or were they subscribing? They were so it's not one off. Yeah, subscription based uh, model. Oh, okay, cool. So if I just didn't subscribe, I just bought the one off. Yeah. I would be spreading the word. As I use Plutio. Yeah. Correct. Amazing. However, we don't go crazy by saying powered by Mm. Plutio, you know, Plutio, 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 Plutio. No, it's very, very, very subtle and only in very specific places. Sure. Cool. And it it is a great viral loop there because the people they're inviting would also be, by definition, quite good customers of Plutio themselves. Yeah. It's lovely. We had quite a lot of people who are like clients of our customers who were inviting to Plutio and then must just saying, I was just invited to a business to work as a client and I really like what I see. So how can I sign up or how can I create my own business? Because they're part of a business. You don't necessarily mm. know how to create one. So yeah, we get quite a lot of people loving the experience and so signing up for themselves. And then there's a lovely upsell subscription for the white label. Fantastic. And so plans going forward for that community. I guess you're just going to keep pushing people in there, keep it going, keep people engaged. Well, of course, but we have plans to take it to the next level. Are you allowed to share these? I guess. I mean, there's no harm. Mm. So we are building our own built-in community within Plutio. So Plutio is not only going to be a platform that offers you the suite of tools. It's going Mm. to be a whole world where you can log in and there will be a community where you can see everyone involved in Plutio, freelancers from all around the world. You can ask me questions, you can hire them, you can submit proposals to get bids from other freelancers. So we want to connect everyone who is in Plutio. We want to basically turn it into an ecosystem or fully on built-in. So it's not only going to be for support, but it's going to be supporting them as well by finding new work, getting help from other freelancers, but all built-in. They don't have to go to any third parties. It's a great vision. So we're taking the SaaS tool and then kind of building a marketplace around it. Yes, sir. Because if we look at what Upwork have done, they kind of had a 
marketplace. And then now they've built this like SaaS layer inside. So you're basically doing what they did, but flipping it the other way yeah. with a better brand and better mission. Yes. <laughs> Sweet. So many insights. Let's move on to the final three questions. And I know you've got good answers for these, Leah. Favorite marketing or growth book? I've not read any. <laughs> no, that's, fine. Not... that's a great answer. Yeah. So where have you like, because there's been a few things that you've said today that have been like gold, like especially the selling the vision. Like, is that just something that you built from first principles or that you've seen in like blog posts? It's something I've developed. It's the skills uh, that I've developed over the past 10 years. I've been trying, being a freelance from a very young age, I needed to teach myself how to find clients, how to sell my services, how to market my services. So over the past 10 years, I've managed to build these skills and it really helped now to grow Pluto to where it is right now. But it was all basically just failing, picking up again and experiencing it for myself. Not seeing someone else or getting someone else's advice or reading someone else's book. I just had to go through it myself, especially in Dubai, because I didn't even realize there was resources like that. I didn't realize that there were influences or books or, do you know what I mean? Or schools that teach you these things. So I had to do it all by myself. Mm. And um, although it took a longer time, I believe I was able to, to grasp the, the basic the fundamentals mm. of marketing, selling, community, all that sort of stuff. Yeah. Got it. And favorite SaaS business? Plutio. <laughs> um, she's one that wasn't Plutio. Uh, hmm. No. I can't think of anything off the top of my head, really. What do you use the most? Use the most? Yeah. Plutio. Okay, really... we'll leave it. Plutio. Because <laughs> as I said, we use, actually, use Plutio to run Plutio from support oh, yeah. to... Yeah, exactly. So it's a whole freelancer universe. Exactly. <laughs> and for three, I actually think I have the answer to this already. The person who's taught you the most about growth, is it yourself? I believe so, yeah. I mean, I taught <laughs> myself. <laughs> oh, okay, yeah. there we have it. Leo, some absolute gems. Here's the two things. Selling the vision. They're like, they're not buying your product, they're buying the vision. And then building the community, allowing people to self-organize around your mission and around your product. The two things I think you've done fantastically well among many others, including the whole decision to go on AppSumo. It sounded like it worked out like amazingly well. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for your time and for this awesome episode. I can't wait to actually hear it. All right. Thank you so much for tuning in. I hope the interview illuminated a little bit about the early days of a SaaS company and how to grow them. My name is Tom Hunt. I want to thank you for listening. Coming up, we'll have another episode dropping in a week or two. If you have any comments, questions or feedback, you can hit me up at tom at tomhunt.io. And of course, do feel free to leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts because that gives us your feedback and also boosts our ranking in Apple. Thank you so much for listening.